Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to episode 38. Today's focus, the effects of porn on marriage, masculinity, and the family. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 38th episode, the effects of pornography on marriage, masculinity, and the family. Bam! So, let's do this. Quote of the day. Quote, I saw my guardian angel who ordered me to follow him. In a moment, I was in a misty place full of fire and where there was a great crowd of suffering souls. They were praying fervently, but to no avail for themselves. Only we can come to their aid. The flames which were burning them did not touch me at all. My guarding angel did not leave me for an instant. I asked these souls, what their greatest suffering was. They answered me in one voice that their greatest torment was longing for God. I saw Our Lady visiting the souls in purgatory. The souls call her the star of the sea. She brings them refreshment. I wanted to talk with, some, with them some more, but my guarding angel beckoned me to leave. We went out of that prison of suffering. I heard an interior voice which said, my mercy does not want this, but justice demands it. Since that time, I am in closer communion with the suffering souls. End quote. Diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalski, her tour of purgatory. everybody welcome to catholic alpha's man on fire segment um this is my segment on married men in the catholic faith doing it right trying to hold it down for god their marriage and their beloved and their family and today's um today's show's theme is going to be the efforts i mean the effects of pornography on marriage and family and how the father partaking in pornography 
leads his son towards sex, masturbation, pornography, homosexuality, broken marriages, and families. And today I have my new friend, Mr. Jim O'Day. Jim is the founder and executive director of the Apostolate Integrity Restored podcast and nonprofit, which helps men, women, clergy, parents, couples, and youth solve and deal with the problem of pornography. He is married to his beloved Kim for 34 years, coming this September. He has two children, children, one Jessica and one Jimmy of 32 and 21. And as the founder of uh, Integrity Restored, I brought Jim here today to speak on the devastation of pornography and masturbation in marriage and the family. This is part one of our agreed two-part series on how pornography has seeped into our culture and that are and, and are the ways to beat uh, the best ways for husbands and fathers to handle it uh, in themselves and their sons. And uh, I asked Jim here to tell me something funny about himself. And I mean, I did kind of chuckle at this. At first I was like, what? But he said, he said something funny about himself is I get to talk about porn all day. That's right. <laughs> so welcome, Jim. How you doing, brother? Hey, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a real blessing, man. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to see. I'm going to try not to bore you too much. <laughs> <laughs> so look, the first question I want to ask is this is the one that 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 kind of gets everybody rolling. Um, how did you meet your beloved wife, Kim? Hey, we we met at work. Um we were we were both working in New York City for the same company. Um, and honestly, she hated my guts. <laughs> True story. <laughs> she, she probably said cute, but that boy thinks he's a player. And it's right. true. I did think that. Did you? I did. Okay, so were you? Well, yes, I was. <laughs> you know, part of the problem was, and this is going to really dial into this show, my parents were divorced when I was two, Jerry. Uh -huh. So I grew up without a dad. And, and the kind of my image of manhood was totally screwed up. Yeah. So I think a man meant more beer than all my buddies. I could fight better than my buddies and I could sleep with more women than all my buddies. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought it meant to be. But boy, God had a, a heavenly two by four that he's going to head with. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get to that in this show. Yeah. Yeah. Man, how did you uh, propose to your wife? So it was in Astoria Park in Queens, New York. Okay. Um, but the, the background to that story is my 21st birthday present was, honey, I'm pregnant. And oh. as I told you before, um, I. So wait my, a minute. You said she was. So she was. You weren't married yet. No. Oh, that's why. Okay, go ahead. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so even though I wasn't close with my dad at that point, I called him up and mm -hmm. said, what do I do? He said, how much? Mm. Didn't sit right. I called up another mentor, older man. Um, he said, how much? And Jerry, even though I wasn't in church at that point, 
God put on my heart that that wasn't the right decision. Yeah. And, and thanks be to God, because my daughter, Jessica is 32 years old now. Uh, Kim and I be married 34 years. I mean, it's just incredible. I have twin grandsons and uh, God knew what he was doing. I mean, I was working in the nightclubs in New York city. I was living the life of a lunatic. And once I held that little baby girl, uh, it was over, over, over for real. Um, so what, what did you, what attracted you to your wife? What, what, why did, what made you want to settle down with her? You know, I think the most important thing, and I tell young couples this all the time, Kim and I were friends. Amen, brother. Before we were were anything else, we were just good friends and we laughed a lot and we enjoyed each other's company even before we were intimate, well before we were intimate. Yep. 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 So, okay. Now, okay. Now, now you was, you was a player and you, you know, you was miss. I'm going to start calling you Jim, the Romeo now, since I know the background. She wasn't playing with me. and right. <laughs> So, but why in general, did you want to get married? Cause you, you said you were, you know, you were like living the life, man. You having a good time, you know, with the fellas and stuff, you know, you, you had your wife, you know, well, she was your girlfriend at the time and you, you liked her and probably cared about her, but what, why in general, what made you decide in general that being married is what you want to do? You know, I think a lot of it had to do with my parents being divorced when I was two and I knew what it was for a child. And I did not want my child to grow up like that. I didn't know at that point whether it was a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that a kid needs a dad in their life. And I also knew that Kim was a really good woman. And she loved me and supported me even when I was a jerk. And when you find a woman like that, Boy, you better cherish her and take care of her. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, man. My wife, it was. I felt the same way. I was like, cause I could. I had never met anybody like her. Like we, we were like 12 when we dated. We were like little kids. But then I grew up and got married, and went off to the to the Air Force and stuff. When I came back, I just happened to see her again. But at that time, I had never met a woman like like that. And so I was like, I'm like you, I, I, I better jump on this. Cause man, they don't come along like that. You know? No, <laughs> um, no. And, and so often we, as men, um, we put the emphasis on the wrong things. And when you find a good woman, a solid woman, that's going to change your life. Gentlemen. It really will. It does, man. And, it changes your life to the point you don't even really realize it until she goes, I'm leaving your jerk butt. And then you go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> exactly. So when did, so, okay, at the time you really wasn't in the church. So when, when did you really start loving Christ in his church? So born Catholic, uh, went to Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, 
St. John's University. Um, go Redmond. Well, now it's the Red Storm, but uh, don't just don't even get into that discussion. You know, it was it was much later. Um, actually, we did have my daughter baptized. We always thought that was important, uh, but you know, if I got to mass on Sunday, it was out of luck because. Yeah. Always something else to do. Yeah. Uh, and then I was working in the defense business. And uh, I remember uh, my boss, one of the owners of the company, uh, talking to me one day. And he said, Jimmy, you know, the Lord wants me to tell you something. And I'm sure I said, oh, crap, please. Yeah. What are you talking about, What are you man? talking about, man? You mess with I'm my buzz. Yeah, I'm out there selling for you. I'm making the company money. Come on. And he said, Jimmy, you're not a good husband. You're not a good wow. father. And you're certainly not a good Catholic. Boom. Boom. He was your, he really loved you, dude. Amen, brother. <laughs> and he was my boss. He was my right. boss. Right. We were traveling, and I, I went upstairs to the hotel room, and thank God for the Gideons. You know, I pulled open the drawer, and I opened the Bible, and I said, all right, Lord, if you want to talk to me, and I skimmed the pages and stuck my finger down, yeah. and it was Romans. Uh -huh. And I read through all of Romans, and Jerry, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I, I cried for two hours because he was right. Yeah. 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 And dude, uh it took me once the 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 thing I tell my dudes all the time, because you know, I help men that their marriage is broken, like their wife leaves or they get divorced or they're separated. And I tell them I tell them all the time, man, it <sighs> when you when you come and, and when you lose your wife you just don't really realize the devastation is going to cause um and what happens is dudes they they don't they take it for granted until the last thing and they nobody teaches them i tell them all nobody teaches you this stuff and to the man they always say man before i say they said man nobody just teaches us this stuff i said because they get up there every Sunday, 52 weeks out of the year, and they just take you for granted. They don't say anything. So what are you supposed to say? What, what, how are you supposed to learn anything, right? Yeah. You know, the thing, the thing with men is we're so easily fooled um, by the culture, by the society, by, you know, listen to your wife, gentlemen. <laughs> she yeah. is not going to lead you astray. Tell him you why. Know, Tell him why, Jim. Tell him why. You know, God made us to be together. It, it's really interesting where in Scripture he says, and the two shall become one. Yep. Well, that, we always say, well, that's sex. No. <laughs> that's life. That's how you are successful in the relationship. Yes, there's going to be ups and downs. And by the way, I always tell guys, marriage ain't 50-50. It's 100-100, baby. <laughs> you got to be all in all the time. Every day, all day. And I, hey, 
hey, I, I joke with him. I go, look, man, marriage ain't 50-50. I said, you lucky. I said, you lucky if you get 80-20 at your, <laughs> your wife. Yes. I said, and I'm the 80. She's the 20, you know. But okay. I, found, I, I found out once you get it together, though, then that 20 becomes way above the 100. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Now, look, when you were growing up, was your was you was Christ strong in your family? I know you said you you grew up Catholic, but you know, was it was it real? Was it like it's supposed to be? No, you know, like I said, we went to Catholic school, and um, but it was never real from my mom's perspective. Primarily, she was so embarrassed about being divorced that well they were separated uh, uh that her husband left her yeah that it was really hard for her to go to church and that's sad too because to this day we still have some of that going on in our church and we yeah. shouldn't do it we should embrace these folks that are in marital struggles and don't make them feel bad about going to church they need it so when you one of the questions i always ask my man on fire interviews is Compared to the man you were when you first got married to Kim, to the man you are now, and before you answer, dude, people say that I have changed so much, but I don't really see it. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? So here's the thing. I I have a talk I can give at men's conferences. Uh, called the Dark Knight, Knight with a K, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's not about Batman, though it is kind of about Batman. So Batman on the outside, good guy, right? He's helping people, he's protecting people, but really he's pretty twisted. He's had a lot of trauma in his life, mm-hmm. and that's kind of my story. Before I met Kim, everybody would say, "Man, Jimmy's a good guy." Right. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a good guy at all. <laughs> no way. No way, dude. <laughs> but with her, yeah, her companionship, her loyalty, her love, yes, I was able to start becoming a good guy. And it's a journey. It's a path, man. I ain't there yet. And you know what, man? That's what women don't understand you can change a man and and you're in a family just by your if you just be a woman that you change you make a man into a man but they don't really realize that because they're too busy trying to be men right now Well, that's a whole different story today unfortunately that we don't understand uh the long-term impacts of, of this on culture, on society, on our world. You know, men and women are different, not just physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. We're different. Yeah. And complementary. Amen. Thank you. One flesh. Amen. And that's what the one flesh is about, man. Yes. They don't get <laughs> She's asked for divorce. Now what? Of course, 
you just didn't see it coming, but it has. So now what do you do? Well, what you do is step one, you decide to man up and fight for her no matter what. Step two, decide if one of these categories in the marriage maintenance master plan fits your situation. A, she's asked for a divorce. B, she has left the home. C, mutually agreed separation but didn't want it. D, she's in the home but distant or separate bedrooms. E, you're divorced but didn't want it. Now, step three, if you are in one of these critical situations or close to it, then register to watch the Marriage Masterclass immediately at www.savemycatholicmarriage.com. Step four, after watching the Masterclass, get the help you need by scheduling a discovery and strategy session to receive a proven plan of action tailored specifically for your situation. Many husbands will look at this and go back to allowing their marriage to fade into oblivion, accepting failure. But some will look at this and say, wonder if this works. Those are the warriors. Those are the husbands I want to go into battle with. Those are the husbands I want to work with. So allow me to help. Those that do nothing have a 100% chance of failure. Those that decide to battle fight and act like true men become worthy of winning their beloved back which are you visit www.savemycatholicmarriage.com that's www.savemycatholicmarriage.com learn how to once again become her hero All right, so look, now we're going to go into the theme of the show today, basically what is pornography and masturbation and what are the effects and how um and how can you husbands and battle and win against this disorder. So, um I'm really excited to talk about this man because I don't really have many people that I could really talk about it with. Um because it's like it's like it's just like divorce. Or just like broken marriages and be, nobody wants to talk about it, man. Nope. And they, you know, and they two faced it too. You know, <laughs> they are, dude. They two faced it. You know, like sex. Everybody's two faced about sex. You know, they do one way on public, but as soon as they get in the bedroom and close the door, it's a whole nother story, right? <laughs> you know. And so divorce <laughs> and pornography is the same, you know, it's like it's the unhidden subject that used to be nobody talked about homosexuality. Now that's all in your face. You know, we right. can't talk about nothing that really matters today, which is what marriage, man. Marriage is the universe, dude. That's how God wants it to be. It's the core. It's the it's what it is. And we can't get people like I tell the guys all the time, man. Nobody cares about your marriage except your 17 year and younger kids. You and mm-hmm. them care. Your older kids, for the most part, your parents, your friends, your buddies, your work cohorts. They don't do because most of them divorced too so they don't want to talk about it yeah so pornography's got to be worse right (laughs) oh it is dude i mean it's rampant (laughs) look just the average age of exposure here in the u.s to pornography is eight nine or ten years old depending on the study you cite Mm. that is going to have a huge impact on marriages going forward yep We, we already know 
the American Association of Matrimonial Lawyers. Nice name for divorce lawyers. Exactly. 57% of divorces have pornography as one of the contributing factors. Wow. And we know how many divorces are in this country. So we got a lot of people, our brothers, our friends, our coworkers, our, our cousins, our uncles, our clergy struggling with this affliction today. You so know, can I, ask you a qu- can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. So I'm watching Netflix, man. And I'm sitting there last night. I'm watching Netflix, man. And I, I got distracted. Because usually when the girl starts pulling up her, pulling up, I, I like fast forward it because I'm like, okay, <laughs> forward. So my question is, if you're watching a movie and and something like that happens, like the girl gets naked or something like that, and you see her boobs and her butt, not me naked. I mean, that's pornography, I'm sure, right? So the the real definite that's nudity. Uh, okay. Okay. The real the real definition of pornography is uh, depicted sexual acts. Oh. Or media for sexual gratification, right? So it can be words too, right? There's plenty of pornographic books out there. And in fact, women tend to like that a lot more though. Yeah. Though right now, unfortunately, we're seeing a huge increase in women using online pornography as well. Right. Uh, So pornography is usually more sexual in nature than just uh, somebody's body parts being shown. But here's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You got to know yourself. You got to know yourselves. If that's going to be a trigger for you. Got you. Going to send you down the rabbit hole. Come on, men. Do what Jerry did. Fast forward. You don't need to see it. And you know what I realized too? A while back. Dude, you don't even. You fast forward. And you didn't miss no guy, no guy. He wasn't even important in the movie. You're going to be fine. It wasn't even important in the movie. It's like they didn't even need to, need to put that right there because they you go to the next part and then they, they pick up the dialogue and you didn't miss no a plot or nothing. The plot or nothing. No, all you all, all you did was spare your eyes, right? Custody <laughs> of the eyes. A custody of the eyes. So look, here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you this question. So to give a little background on why you're qualified to talk on this subject, can you please tell us a little bit about your experience with helping men in this area, as well as why you started your apostolate called Integrity Restored, which helps men, women, couples, clergy, youth with the problem? Mm-hmm. So the apostolate was started by a guy. It wasn't by me. Oh, I thought it was. I'm sorry. No, it was a gentleman named Dr. Peter Kleponis. Okay. And, and Pete is a licensed therapist. And in his practice, he was just seeing more and more men coming in, more and more ma- marriages destroyed uh, mm-hmm. by this thing called pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went and got himself additional certifications, and he started Integrity Restored. Because there is no Catholic perspective on pornography. And so that's why we exist. Um, 
I got involved. I was asked to be on the board uh, with a mm-hmm. number of other guys. Mm-hmm. And then um, they asked me to be the executive director. And that was uh, six years ago now, going on seven. And I was in the corporate world as VP of sales and marketing of some big companies. I've you never- were a salesman. Oh yeah, right. I know you were a good one too. You were a good, yeah. You were a good. I mean, you have that salesman persona too. (laughs) What a surprise! Sales and marketing was my thing. (laughs) Um, But you know, I've never been busier, honestly. And it's sad, but it's also good. It's hopeful because people are now reaching out for help. Mm Hmm. Wow. So. How do you think priests not preaching the true word of God, you know, tough subjects such as hell, purgatory, judgment, death, homosexuality, pornography, abortion, no fault, divorce, contraception, masturbation, on and on and on has led to the current state of the church. And now the complete immoral total focus on self and the narcissistic society we now find ourselves in. I know that's kind of long. But basically, and that is a deep question, brother. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of reasons for it, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I think one of the first reasons is certainly when it comes to the sexual sin, the church is afraid, right? Um, they've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. How they've handled sexual issues within the church. And certainly the scandals haven't helped. The other thing I think is they're so afraid of offending someone that (sighs) unlike my buddy who just punched me right between the eyes when he told me you're not a good husband, you're not a good father, you're not a good Catholic, they're afraid to do that because what if they leave the pews? They're leaving anyway, though, Jim. Amen. And that's (laughs) the problem. They're leaving anyway. (laughs) Because once you water down the truth, it's not as interesting. It's not. It's not as compelling. It's not. And you could be the most boringest priest. And you talk about hell, all of a sudden, you become the most interesting person in the room. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We um, <laughs> we do a lot of white papers. Um, yeah. Free, free ebooks mm. are what they are. So you go on our website. You download these ebooks. Which is what websites what now? Integritystored.com. There you go. Yeah. So go on integritystored.com and download our ebooks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but here's the thing: when we do a email to kind of generate leads and interest, if we put does masturbation send you to hell? Man, we get hundreds of thousands of hits. Oh, but if if we put pornography is ruining your marriage, eh, not so much. Really? Yeah. And I think that the priests can learn from that. Sometimes we got to be a little bit over the top direct. Just a little? To get people's attention. Then you can give them all the good data, all the yes. good information. Exactly. But... but you got to reach out. You got to touch them first. You got to get their interest. And as human beings, our our attention span is like that of a gnat right now because we have stuff banging us all the time. 
So get up there on Sunday and say something to wake up that flock. A little bit. And you know what, man? I've real I noticed too. Like, okay, like I had a priest tell me one time, well, Jerry, you know, I just can't get up there and just talk about abortion just like that because people get on me for just talking about the little stuff. And mm. I, I I said, I said, Father, look, you know, you got to, you got to, your job. Is to is to suffer for Christ. People are going to complain about whatever you do, you know. And and there's a way to talk about these subjects, man, without offending a lot of people in the in the pews. You can talk about it. You don't have to say you. You can say us, or you can say a whole lot of things. But I just think, man, I know they're all scared of getting sent to Siberia. That's what it is. They're all scared. I'm gonna get sent to Siberia. To to I'm gonna get sent to uh, what is that uh, that South Dakota somewhere it's cold and snowing all over the place, but yeah. I look at it like this it's it, that's your, that's your job man you your your job to suffer and sacrifice. Well, and God bless our priests, right? Without exactly. our Jerry, without our priests, we don't have the Eucharist. We don't have Jesus. I Amen. don't know what we would do. Amen. Right? And so what you get you get used. To, and the thing about it is, is you like I was reading some today. Father Ripperger, I was listening to him, and he's like Jerry. He, well, he was saying, well, to me, he was saying Jerry, but he wasn't saying Jerry. He was, <laughs> you know, you can't be judging priests because when you judge them, then God holds you to a higher standard, like that, you know. So that's kind of my thing sometimes when it comes to what are we supposed to do, Jim? We're in the pews, not just. I mean, every single church, except if you go to FSSP church or something where they, they don't, you know, they, they tell you how it most of the time they don't play, they don't play, but what do you do when, when you're sitting there in the pew and you just want him to just tell us, teach us, teach us, man, you know, what do you do? So I got to tell you, Jerry, um, one of the best things that men can do, first of all, our priests are battered every time. Every day they are getting their butts kicked. Yep. If it ain't by parishioners, it's by the culture. Yep. By the community. I mean, these guys are getting their butts handed to them every day. So here's what you want to do if you're a man. Embrace your brother. Yes, he's a priest, but he's your brother. And he needs to go out once a week, once a month with a bunch of brothers have a beer, have a steak, and talk about what's real. Because then he's going to know he's got some backup. How can he do it alone? Yeah. yeah. And God never asked him to. You know, just because we don't wear the Roman collar doesn't mean we're not supposed to be priest, prophet, and king as well. The Bible tells us we are. So lift up your brother. Take them out. Give them a good steak. Give them a beer. Talk like men around the table and say, hey, Padre, this is a problem. What are we going to do? Yeah. And, and you know, my priest, man, he, we were, I think it was during COVID or last year. COVID was almost, we had started going back to the church. And uh, he, he preached a sermon. I was like, oh, my God. That's what I'm talking about, Father. That's what I'm talking about, right? So I go downstairs. Well, you know, you go to the bottom of the steps when the church is over. He's, a, I said, 
Father, that was that was a good sermon today. That was the bomb. He would be saying, oh, just pray for me, Jerry. Just pray for me, right? Dude, he preached six sermons in a row that were like on point for real. And they weren't offensive. They were just the truth. And after every one, I'd walk down the steps and I'd walk up to him. Father, that sermon was really good. That was the bomb. He's like, oh, just pray me. So all six of them, I did that. And my point of saying that is, man, that's what is what you're saying, that they just if you just tell them that was a good sermon, that that lets him know, because a lot of people, they tell him the bad stuff. But Always. to tell him a good stuff, to tell him, look, man, that was that was what I'm talking about. That was great. You know, and he tried to be all cool about it. But I know he he felt a little relief that good. Somebody at least recognize that I'm trying. Thank God, right. I'm sure that's what he was saying. Thank God. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you about masturbation, man. Okay. And we're going to have some more questions that we got 25 minutes left, but masturbation, man, people to me, they don't, they look at it different. So can you explain to me the correlation between masturbation and pornography? Well, I mean, I hear from guys all the time. Oh, you know, I'm doing better. Um, I watch porn and I don't masturbate. You know? <laughs> like that's a great improvement, right? <laughs> yeah. And and first of all, you're you're probably not masturbating because you have PIED, porn induced erectile dysfunction. I was going to your ask brain. About that. Your brain has been so rewired that you can't even perform anymore. The thing about masturbation is, look, it talks about it in scripture. It's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're new at it. What's that? Like we're new at it, right? Yeah, right. Like it just, it just came out of the 21st century. <laughs> no, this has been around forever. And the, at the root of it, it's selfishness. Yes. It's narcissism. It's yes. all about, it's all about me. Yes. And you know when you finally at some point in your life and I hope gentlemen you're there. You're willing to take a look at it and say, "Yeah, I can do that in the shower and get off in under 3 minutes." Um but why? Why? Well, what I say is Man, love is meant to be shared, man. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And I tell, I say, look, man, listen, when you start, everybody's go, they get all up in arms about abortion, about homosexuality, about pornography, about masturbation, about no fault divorce. I got to have no, they don't really realize what, but what, what the question you have to ask yourself is why? Why does God get upset with these things? The reason is because your butt is interfering with creation. That's why they don't, he don't like contraception. It's not because he's trying to be this mean jerk of a God and he just wants to keep you from all your fun. He's trying to tell you, you because why? God created us, why? Because he wanted us to spend eternity with him in the beatific vision. He wants as many souls as he can coming back to him. And when we interfere with that, that is a problem. And, and you're not happy anyway. Right. Well, that's the whole thing. And, you know, masturbation. Well, pornography, for sure, we know is addictive. 
So we have to be very careful um, when we're working with somebody. The sinfulness of it, it depends on the level of addiction is what I would say. Okay. Um, And the same goes with masturbation. If you start masturbating as a young guy, 10, 11 years old, and you do it every night, and now all of a sudden you're 30 years old, you're coming back to the church, and you're realizing, ooh, not supposed to do this. Well, you know what, brother? That's going to be a struggle because you have ingrained this habit. And I think God has such great mercy that he understands our psychological and our physiological struggles way better than we do. So what are you doing to heal? Doesn't mean you're going to stop it overnight, but what are you doing to heal? And that's what I ask guys all the time. So my question is, how do you, so, okay, dude, I talk about the masturbation because I teach in the, in the third category of the, my program, I teach men about, I call it making love mastery, where I teach them how to properly, well, basically about masturbation, all that stuff. And then I'll t- go into how to make love properly, mm-hmm. including God and yourself, you know, and, and your wife. But yeah. my question to you is how do you, if somebody has P E say it again, P I E D porn induced erectile dysfunction, right? How do you cure that? Hmm. How do you fix that? It ain't with a little blue pill. No, it ain't. <laughs> it ain't with a little blue pill. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so the way to fix that is simple, but it's not easy. Gotcha. You are going to need a complete break for a certain amount of time. Might be 30, might be 60, might be 90 days from all sexual activity. Beautiful. You're going to need no porn in your life, no masturbation, no sexual activity with your wife, because you need to allow that brain to reset. You see, the porn-induced erectile dysfunction is coming from a couple things. It's coming from only your touch is able to bring you gratification now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the massive influx of brain chemicals like dopamine whenever you're watching porn. And what the brain starts to say is, wait a minute, this is too much dopamine. It starts to shut down the receptors. So those pleasure centers, that feel-good part of your brain, stops working because it's being overloaded. Let me say it to you this way. If you're having intercourse with your wife, let's say, and I'm making these numbers up, but it'll Uh give you the idea. Uh You get 100 milligrams of dopamine when you have an orgasm. If you're watching porn and masturbating, you get 1,000. Because you've got so many different images, so many different scenarios, it feels like you're with multiple partners all the time. And the brain says, wait a minute, a thousand milligrams of dopamine is no good for me. So it starts to shut down those receptors. It's incredible the design that God has made for human sexuality. And the problem is we don't understand it. Go. Were you done? No, go ahead. I was going to ask you, 
what about premature ejaculation? Is it would it, would it be the same fix basically? Yeah, and and the thing with premature ejaculation, a lot of that um, with porn addiction. Look, dude, let's just speak frankly. Um, we're doing it quick. Yeah, right. right? And, and women need a lot longer than two minutes to warm up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but think about when you start out when you're young, you're doing, you're masturbating. You don't know anything. You're just trying to get off as quick as possible. Yeah. And then we start including pornography in that. And the same thing happens, right? Now, I know that there's some guys that like to watch porn for hours um, before they, they finally climax. But here's the deal. You can't do that with a woman if you're having intercourse with her because those sensations are going to be really strong. And really powerful. Mm-hmm. You trained yourself to orgasm quickly is what it is. Wow. Dude, you just helped me. Cause okay, I got it. I, I got it. What I mean is I got it is I've got dudes that come in to the program and I've got ways to really, really help them, but this is like the coup de gras. Mm-hmm. Coupe de gras on top of that to abstain for 60 to 90 days. 30 to 90. Oh, 30 days. to 90. I'm sorry. 30 to 90. You know, and some of my coaching clients, uh, Jerry, that I coach with this addiction, um, they can't do 30 days to start. So let's do seven days. Gotcha. And the wife's got to sign up for it too, because some of the wives complain like, oh, no, no, no. They've got to understand that the long-term healing is important. And also, you know, wives have to understand why they will be a lot more happy if their husband is not partaking in that. Look, we know, we know that the more porn you watch, the more curious you're going to get about trying some of those things that you see on the screen. Amen, brother. And lady, you know what? Lady don't like most of that stuff. They really don't. It's acting. The people you're watching are acting. <laughs> this is not a healthy sexuality. Say <laughs> <So> they're acting. <laughs> they watch it and 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 the, the way it's designed, the way our brains work, when we see that Dude, we think it's real. Our brains think it's real. Yeah. And that's a problem because then we're going to start trying that crap in our marriage. Not good. And and you know what, too, man? Like, I talk to the guys, and I try to get them to understand the difference between intimacy and eroticism, which Dr. Um, Dr. Popcheck talks about in his book, Holy Sex. Now, a lot of people don't like that book. Yep. I don't care. 99.9% of that book is on point. But nobody, what I've learned is nobody in the Catholic faith knows everything. You know, you got you to gotta, you gotta get it where you fit in. And in that book, he talks about lust, basically lust, eroticism, the same thing. And he talks about intimacy. That eroticism has the, has the feel of intimacy, but it's short-living, right? You know, 
like you said, you got the three, the three seconds or 30 seconds or three minutes, you know, but it's, it's over. Whereas intimacy is long lasting if you cultivate it with your wife, you know? Yep. So, man. Well, and, and, and two things, two things about intimacy, Jerry, before you go on. The first is intimacy is not sex. Yes, there is physical intimacy. That's a component. Mm-hmm. But intimacy starts at the breakfast table, not in the bedroom. Big intimacy ball, is ahead, all about. Go ahead, Big Jim. Big Jim. Go ahead. You know what? Yeah. I, I call it intimacy outside the bedroom. Yeah. Starts at the breakfast table. That's where it starts, man. (laughs) And the second thing is, here's the truth about pornography. And this was St. John Paul Mm -hmm. the second, Mm -hmm. A modern day saint. We all know him. We grew up with him. Mm -hmm. He said, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much. It's that it shows too little. Because it doesn't intimacy necessary for a holy sex act. Amen. God invented sex. He wants it to be exciting. He wants it to be pleasurable, but he doesn't want it to be lustful. Right. The difference. Yeah. So, so how does, how does a man, how does a, okay, let me tell you. So I have, I talk to dudes all the time where, they tell me that they're in pornography. You know, now their son's doing it. Mm-hmm. So talk about that a little bit. So the first thing is um, boys and girls are really, really impacted uh, by their father's attitudes, behaviors, and actions. Most of the kids, not all of them, but many of the kids that I deal with here at Integrity Restored were exposed to pornography in their own house. Mm. They either found their dads or they just came across something. And if the dad didn't have the right attitude about it, boy, that can be really damaging to that child. So the first thing I say to parents is, number one, don't blame the kid. They're a child. This is our fault as adults that we have let this thing blow up the way it's blown up and be so accessible all the time. Pornography today is AAA. Affordable because it's mostly free, accessible, and anonymous. That's a very dangerous combination. So if you're a parent today, uh, particularly a dad, you got to step up. You got to leave your own broken sexual narrative at the door and have these conversations with your child. And you got to have them early and you got to have them often. Now, when you say early, what, what do you, uh, I mean, I think after the age of reason, seven, well before that, Um, because these kids can come across something. And so I tell parents an easy thing. Look, there's a great resource out there called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, uh, which is a book, Catholic. uh, It's not a Catholic book. Uh, It's a book for teen, for kids that the parents read to them. Mm -hmm. The advice they give is incredible and simple. If you ever see pictures or movies that show people's body parts that should be covered by a bathing suit, you need to come to mom or dad right away. 
It's as simple as that. And the kid goes, okay. They're not affected by it. Uh, we have another resource. It's for communion age kids uh, on our website called Wonderfully Made Babies, which is a book that talks about why boys are made a certain way and girls are made a certain way. Because we have to start letting these kids know early that their body is a temple and God made it this way for specific reasons. And it's not dirty and it's not bad. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But pornography warps that. Yeah. So parents need to be having that conversation. And most of the time we don't because we're embarrassed. We're ashamed. We've had our own experiences. Well, your kid didn't. They're they're innocent. Look, that's what confession's for. Amen. And you know what? Here's the beautiful thing about a child. If you say to a child, nose, ear, penis, <laughs> vagina, they don't care. Yeah. It's all the same to them. Yeah, yeah. We're the ones that are screwed up. So leave your brokenness at the door and take care of that child. So what I'm going to say about I said I have I have had to teach this a lot. People that got hangups about your sins, like, you know, like you just said, you know, pornography and masturbation and contraception, all that stuff or homo. They don't talk about it with their kids or with or, or, or tell the, you know, with their kids and stuff, because like you said, they feel all guilty and all bad about and ashamed of it. But, man, that is what confessions for. That's Absolutely. what God gave you confession for. Why? So that you can go into the confessional. Confess your sins, ask for forgiveness, and then bring your dirty butt back out. No, your clean butt now. Bring your clean butt back out, and you can talk to your kids and tell them the truth and and explain to them what is you know what to do and what not to do. Because, like you said, those are your children. You can't just leave them hanging out there. You know. No, I mean, I just did a podcast earlier today, Jerry. You're gonna your top of your head's gonna blow off when you hear this. Uh, UNICEF, UNICEF issued a, a report pretty much saying that pornography is really not that harmful for kids. For most kids, it's no big deal. Oh. It's wild, right? And so these, this is what we're faced with as parents. You cannot trust your child's school district. No. You cannot trust the media. You cannot trust UNICEF. Everybody's out there trying to pornify your kid. It's only you, the parent, who stands between them and the devil knocking at the door. Because the devil don't stop until men stop him. Yeah, People, amen. Remember, remember when we were, we were uh, when they were trying to get um, homo same sex marriage approved? Before that, it was always no. We just want to be married, just like everybody else, right? Civil unions are fine. Yeah, no, that wasn't enough. Now, right. what is it? Now, what? We're trying to make everybody believe that a man's supposed to look like a woman. A woman looks like a man. People cutting off stuff, putting stuff, pasting stuff back on. Um, we just don't. They devil. The, the devil is never, ever going to stop. Never no. until we to stop it. Well, and, you know, men need to be the primary protector and provider. Yes. For their family. That's how God created us. And if we don't do that, then we have no one to blame but ourselves. when our poor child goes down these crazy paths. Yeah. And another thing, too, man, like you, I, I like the like we need more Catholic book stuff for kids and stuff. 
Like if you go on and try to find a uh, like uh what's that new uh Pure Flix? Um Pure Flix, they talk about you they have all the like the Christian movies on there and stuff, they have some Catholic stuff. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pure Flix. But man, even them, there's no there's no cartoons for kids about saints or nothing. And we don't like the books you were just talking about. Protestants usually make those things. Yes. But the, the thing about Protestants is, like I was telling them the guys today in the group, Protestantism is a is a, a, a is a good place to start. Because you look, you're probably you're a product of your environment. If all you have is Joe Blow's church down the down the, down the street, well, that's where you go. But the Catholic faith has been around for over two thousand years. And so we're we're the fullness. We we have all the history and the tradition and all that stuff. And so a lot of times, like a, there's a Protestant man in my in my um in my program now, and I'm having problems giving him a prayer regiment because I give all the men a prayer regiment. Well, he's a Protestant, and so I had to explain to Mary today a Hail Mary. He said, I've, I've never said Hail Mary before. I, I know of, of it, but I've never said it. I don't know the words. So I've got to, it's like, I have to teach him. And then if he's going to, is he going to do it? The rosary. And cause you know, the thing about it is man, the thing about the Catholic faith is we have exorcists for a reason. <laughs> so you have spiritual warfare. Yes. And then another thing I'm having is he, he, if he's a Protestant, he's probably not in grace. You see what I'm saying? So it's a whole nother. It's just get. It's like a rabbit hole, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and here, here's the thing. You know, with our Protestant brothers and sisters, look, many of them are way more on fire for the Lord than we as Catholics. Yep. And it amazes me, Jerry. It amazes me because we should be the most on fire. We have the sacraments, right? To right. back us up. Right. We have confession. We have the Eucharist. My goodness, Jesus coming down to be with us and to live in me. Yeah, we should be way more higher, but often they are. So we need to applaud them there. Yep. The other thing we need to do is when we're like you, when we're working with a Protestant brother, um, we need to have great patience. You know, okay. one of my Yep. One of my good buddies is a guy named Keith Nestor, and he runs a, a ministry called Down to Earth. Mm -hmm. Keith, Keith was a Protestant pastor who converted to the Catholic faith after studying the reason why you shouldn't be a Catholic. He learned, man, if that Eucharist is true, I need to be there. And he found out it was. And so we just have to be patient with them. Exactly. Because we have the fullness of the truth. We have over 2,000 years of tradition, dating all the way back to the first apostles, to Peter, this rock on who Jesus founded the church. Yeah. Well, you know, let's take what's good from them and learn from it. So I think what I've decided to do is be really, like I, me and my wife talked about it, decided to be really patient and mm -hmm. to just, I guess what it is, I don't, you know, it's like, how much do you love them? Do you, you know, because if you don't tell them, you're not really showing you love them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and I know the rosary is more powerful than any vocal prayer that they could ever come up with. 
mm-hmm. you know, but to tell them that, you know, that's our spiritual weapon as men, you know, they, I mean, I could tell they, he was looking at me like, you know, I was like, oh, man, I'm losing him. What is that even, but to him, that's, what does that even mean? Right. So what I had to do is, is I, what I told him was that I'm not trying to convert you to Catholicism. What I'm trying to do is expand your faith mm. to another level. Mm. And he seemed to really like that, that because Catholicism, when people hear that Catholic, they, they shut down right away. But if you right. teach them and go like, because the Catholic faith is the Christian faith. So if you Absolutely. teach the principles and te- take them there, then they're learning anyway. You see what I'm saying? If you just stay the course, they're learning anyway. So yeah, obviously you're familiar with Pastor Rick Warren. Uh, uh, Purpose Driven Life, New York Times bestselling book. Oh, I heard that that title. Yes. Yep. He is a megachurch pastor, uh, Protestant who prays the rosary because he was taught, he was beaten up the rosary, this foolish thing. And he learned how it's just a journey in scripture. Exactly. That's what the the rosary is, is a journey through scripture. And when you look at each of the decades of the rosary and the little passages and story and you insert yourself into that while you're praying that rosary. Wow, that's powerful. We've got a uh, we've got a friend of the ministry, Dr. Paul Young. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, pastoral psychologist. So he has the scientific degree in psychology, and he incorporates uh, the Catholic spirituality into his work. He wrote a book. Um, about the rosary for addictions. And if you go to paulyoung.com, you will pray the rosary every day, journeying, and pray for yourself and for others who are suffering. It is a great resource. I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Man. Oh, we're running out of time, but I'm only going to ask you one or two more. Um, what are the top three ways for men to defeat pornography addiction? Mm. First one uh, is the hardest. And that's admitting you have the problem. Mm. It's so, you know, here's the thing. If you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, um, even a gambling addict, there's so many external cues to the people around that love you that there's a problem. When it comes to pornography, it's such an internal struggle. Yeah. That you have to want to say, you know what? I've tried to quit. I can't quit. Even when I say I'm going to quit, seven days or five days, or 20 days, I'm back at it. So you have to say, I need help. That's number one. Number two, you got to reach out and get help. You can't do this alone. Men think they can pray it away, ain't going to work. 
men think they can white knuckle it and just with their own strength beat it, ain't going to work. You got to reach out and get help. Mm. And then the third and final thing that you have to do is hold yourself accountable. And you do that by asking a brother to join you. So you admit there's a problem, you reach out and get help, whether that's through your priest or a local counselor, and then you invite a brother as your accountability partner to hold you accountable. And when you're struggling and you're tempted, you shoot him a text, you call him up, you say, man, help me. You got to pray for me. You I need to see you. I need to grab coffee because we can't do it alone. What about your integrity? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Here in the story, we talk about three things to heal. Strong scientific counseling and therapy, an increase in spiritual life, the sacraments and spiritual direction, because part of this is a spiritual battle, and third, community and accountability. And if you do those three things, you will heal. And abstain for a little bit, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, because you got to rewire that brain. (laughs) So, you know what about abstinence? Abstinence is not a bad word. It's not a bad thing, dude. It's not a bad thing. It makes that intimacy real nice. I'm 54 years old now, going to be 55. There are times in your marriage that you're going to have intimacy, you're going to have abstinence, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Sickness childbirth. I had a heart attack in December. There's going to be forced abstinence. It's not a bad thing. It's healthy. Yeah. So what do you think about the apps like covenant eyes? Would that be that good for, for an accountability partner? Uh, yes. Covenant eyes and, and your wife should not be your accountability partner in most cases. Gotcha. He should not be your cop. I've heard she, I've heard that before. Yeah, she should mm-hmm. not be your cop. Covenant Eyes is a great product. Um, actually, if you go to Covenant Eyes and type in the promo code Integrity30, you get a free 30-day membership to try it out. Well, you so, got all the hookups, man. I'm trying, brother. <laughs> Integrity30 is the promo code. Get a free 30 days, try it out. But get one of your buddies your brother, your cousin, your uncle, a friend from work, somebody you trust to be your accountability partner on that report and really help accompany you through this addiction recovery process. That's what it is. Okay. So two more. Well, one really one more. If a wife is listening now, what are the top three things she can do to help her husband defeat the selfishness of pornography and masturbation? Mm. First thing She needs to know that she was wounded too. When a wife learns, when there's disclosure in the relationship of her husband's pornography usage, she suffers from betrayal trauma. And that's very much like PTSD. Mm. We know so much about it now because of all the military work that was done with post-traumatic stress. So the woman is suffering from betrayal trauma. So the first thing she needs to do for her husband is get herself the help she needs to deal with this earth-shattering disclosure. You see, women 
want us to be their knight in shining armor. That's why they married us. And they're going to hold us to this standard that they should. And man, you just betrayed her. In her eyes, in her heart, you betrayed her. She's got to deal with that first. That's number one, her own health. Number two, understand that this is an addiction. This has generally very little to do with sex, and it's more to do with trauma or wounds in that man's life. That's why they get addicted to porn, because of some kind of trauma that happened. And um, the third thing, be merciful. Mm. Uh, one of the hardest things for a woman because they're suffering from betrayal trauma is to have mercy uh, for the husband at that moment. And I get it. Their hurt is so deep. Mm -hmm. But getting the help you need as a woman to heal, understanding, learning about your husband's addiction, and then having mercy, well, you do all those three things, you can heal as a couple. And we have thousands and thousands of cases here at Integrity Restored where just that happened. They healed Beautiful. as a couple. It's amazing to see. So the last thing I'm going to say is tell us about where we can find your show. And is there any special projects you have going right now? I know you said you're busy, but you might be able to throw something in there. <laughs> oh, sure. Your show, so, yeah, it, by the way, it's a lot shorter than mine's. <laughs> it's Integrity Restored com, And if you go to the website and, and you can click on the podcast link, uh, you can get all our podcasts. You can download our free eBooks. Um, you can take part in our betrayal trauma program for the wives called Bloom for Catholic Women, or you can join the Integrity Circle coaching program, which is an online coaching program. Beautiful. The thing we're working on right now, and I need a lot of prayers and a lot of help. We have recognized that our clergy is not equipped to deal with this epidemic, this pandemic of pornography. And so we need to build a online training program for priests and deacons to have the, they're not learning it in the seminaries. And so they need these skills and these tools to deal with pornography in the confessional, in spiritual direction, in their homilies, in sacramental prep, like marriage prep, baptism, First Holy Communion. You know, this, this disease of pornography is the biggest impediment to evangelization in our church. Wow. If people, if people are viewing porn... Very hard for them to have a good relationship with the Lord. If children are viewing, very hard for them to continue their faith formation. So to me, this is one of the most important things we can do, Jerry. So I ask everybody who's listening, please, if you pray, add this to your prayer list. We need help to get this done sooner than later. Sweet. So everybody in integrityrestored.com integrity integrityrestored.com jim thank you so for coming thank you for coming man hey you taught me something dude and that's what i was hoping for i knew you would <laughs> hey brother this was great i really enjoyed it 
And uh, looking forward to having you on my show. All right, man. Just send me the calendar or however you do things. All right, bro. All right. Thank God you God very be- much, man. Bye-bye. She's asked for divorce. Now what? Of course, you just didn't see it coming, but it has. So now what do you do? Well, what you do is step one, you decide to man up and fight for her no matter what. Step two, decide if one of these categories in the marriage maintenance master plan fits your situation. A, she's asked for a divorce. B, she has left the home. C, mutually agreed separation but didn't want it. D, she's in the home but distant or separate bedrooms. E, you're divorced but didn't want it. Now, step three, if you are in one of these critical situations or close to it, then register to watch the Marriage Masterclass immediately at www.savemycatholicmarriage.com. Step four, after watching the Masterclass, get the help you need by scheduling a discovery and strategy session to receive a proven plan of action tailored specifically for your situation. Many husbands will look at this and go back to allowing their marriage to fade into oblivion, accepting failure. But some will look at this and say, wonder if this works. Those are the warriors. Those are the husbands I want to go into battle with. Those are the husbands I want to work with. So allow me to help. Those that do nothing have a 100% chance of failure. Those that decide to battle fight and act like true men become worthy of winning their beloved back which are you visit www.savemycatholicmarriage.com that's www.savemycatholicmarriage.com learn how to once again become her hero thank you christian soldier for listening in today Do you have a critical or pressing problem in your marriage right now? Want help? Come on the show and ask me in person. We can do this completely anonymously. You don't have to be on camera or say your name. It's totally up to you. I would just love to have you as a guest on the show. More importantly, you would be helping other men as well. Contact me at radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. And lastly, please share this podcast with someone that may need help in their marriage or relationship. Help me save a marriage today.